Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Tuesday, March 2nd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers Penguins Day. We're going to have that three times this week. All in Pittsburgh, which is fine. But Flyers Penguins tonight, Thursday night, and Saturday afternoon. And then we're going to turn around Sunday and go back to back with the Caps. It's like an old Metro Division week. Uh, but it's great. And Flyers-Penguins tonight in Pittsburgh. Looks like they might have fans there. We know that Pennsylvania revised some of the restrictions on crowds. So uh, they're going to have fans in Pittsburgh. And hopefully when the Flyers return on Sunday, pending uh, the city's easing of restrictions, if they do so, uh, maybe there'll be fans at the Wells Fargo Center coming up Sunday for Flyers-Caps. If there are fans back, I can't wait to see all of you. I really can't. I miss you guys. I miss the fans being in that building. Yeah, it's great because I get to watch hockey in person, but it is not the same. And perhaps I even marginalized it when sports were just returning. I was a big proponent of sports needs to come back even without fans and maybe marginalized the role of the fan. No longer. Being in that building without fans, it's it's missing its soul. So I hope that you, or if you feel comfortable, you will be there when that is allowed. And maybe that is on Sunday. Uh, Let's take a look at the standings real quick as things stand heading into this game against Pittsburgh tonight. To say these are important games would be an understatement because this division is so tight. And there's teams, six teams in essence, vying for these top four spots. There's eight teams in the division. But right now sitting in the top spot, it's the Caps, who we'll see on Sunday. 28 points through 21 games. They're two points up on the Bruins, but the Bruins have two games in hand with 26 points. The Islanders, One point ahead of the Flyers, but the Flyers have three games in hand on the Isles. They beat them twice this year already. The Flyers with 25 points through 18 games. The Penguins with 23 points through 20 games. And then 17 for the Rangers, 16 for the Devils, and 15 for the Sabres. But if you want to look at this through a different lens for a second, and we're going to get to Mike Yo, who's going to join us, Flyers assistant coach, in just a minute. If you want to look at it through an equal playing field per se, A lot of these teams haven't played the same amount of games. For instance, the Flyers have played 18. The Devils have played 17. Washington Capitals have played the most, along with the Islanders in the division at 21. So let's look at points percentage. Points percentage right now in the division. If you sort it by that, Flyers right now in the fourth spot by virtue of points. But by the time it's all said and done, it'll be basically by points percentage if all the teams play the equal amount of games. And right now, if you were to re-kind of slot these teams in the East division— by points percentage or winning percentage per se, the Flyers have the top spot with a .694 winning percentage, points percentage. The number two team, the Boston Bruins with a 684 points percentage. The Capitals would be third at 667. Islanders at 619 at, at fourth. The Penguins will be uh, fifth at 575. They actually don't change their spot. New Jersey at 471. Rangers at 447. And the Buffalo Sabres at a lowly 395 points percentage. So from a points percentage standpoint, the Flyers are in first place. Look, that doesn't mean much right now. There's still a ton of hockey coming up. Still a lot of games just in the month of March. 17 games in this month alone. And this is the first game of the month. So Flyers off to a really good start here, to say the least. And it looks like they're starting to play their hockey, the kind of hockey that we expected from them. To speak on that and much, much more, we'll talk about the return of Travis Konechny. We'll talk about the performances of Joel Farabee and James Van Riemsdyk. The mental side of the game with Carter Hart in a sweeping conversation with Flyers assistant coach Mike Yo. Joining us right now on Flyers Daily is Flyers assistant coach Mike Yo. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks. Thanks uh, for let me Let me start with this because 
it, it's been a wild start. To see. I imagine you guys as coaches are kind of learning a lot here as you go to and in this very unique circumstance, but it, there's not been a lot of rhythm to the season thus far. Do you feel like with the schedule you guys are in right now, maybe this is when the rhythm really comes? Well, it's about to hit. I can tell you that. It's about <laughs> to be a rhythm of, of playing every game, every uh, every night. It's going to feel like, uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, it felt like we were starting to get going. And then obviously the whole COVID um, situation, the way it ran through our team, that sort of, I felt like our game was coming along. I felt like we were, you know, without the, without having the luxury of preseason games, um, you know, a shortened training camp, all those things. I felt like our game was really starting to come along. Then we go on that trip to Washington. Next thing you know, everything just, uh, you know, it, let's just say it hit the fan. Um, so right now getting everybody back, um, I, you know, and, and even looking at sort of the way that our game is trending uh, and, the, and now getting into the rhythm of playing games, it's starting to feel a little bit more normal. That's for sure. Yeah, I was pointing to that. 12 to 15 game mark all along kind of saying okay that's when a normal preseason would end and a regular season kind of starts you start to get your legs under you uh, let's talk about real quick because you know with that lack of rhythm in the season and, and the process of the team uh the process in the beginning it didn't look great you guys weren't generating a lot of shots the suppression in shots wasn't there uh like it had been last year yet the results were good what, what does that kind of tell you that when the process isn't good but you're still a team that's able to find wins as a coach well, I think uh, it's been, you know, it's been interesting. Like at the start of the year, um, like you said, we were winning games and it seemed like every game it was something different. It could be goaltending one night, could be, um, you know, we had some good nights on special teams. The power play was clicking early and, um, you know, I would definitely uh, attribute a lot of it to our depth. Um, I thought that uh, some of the positives that we were doing, um, in terms of we weren't we weren't attacking as much as we wanted to. We were spending more time defending than we had to, but uh, but we were doing a lot of things good on the defensive side of things from from you know as far as rush against and in our zone. Um, and uh, I think that like again, I would really point to the depth and and how we we're able to score goals at key times. And it was sort of seemed to be a different person every night. Uh, and and if I was going to point to anything, to me, it's sort of it's an attitude. Um, that we've found ways to win hockey games. To me, that's what good teams do. You, you know, you're not going to play at your best every night, especially early in the season, especially given all the circumstances that that we've been dealing with here. Um, but you have to find ways to win hockey games, and, and we've and we've done that. Yeah, you got to do what, what what needs to be done, even if you don't have your. I've always said this, Mike, that good teams win games when they don't play at their best and bad teams lose games. They find ways to lose when they are at their best. It, it's kind of a mentality, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, I think a lot of that mentality was built last year. Um, yeah. You know, I think we've raised the standards. We've raised the expectations. We believe that we're a good team. We believe uh, we're a playoff team and a team that can get into the playoffs and, and, and be uh, a force to be reckoned with. Um, so, uh, you know, I think some of that sort of a confidence and and uh, a belief in the game that you have. And, uh, and certainly it's an attitude that uh, – that you know, whatever whatever you're faced with on a given night, you're going to find a way to come across with a win. I saw what Coot said post game the other night, or yesterday, or Sunday after the the second win over the Sabers. He said we're a tough team to play against right now. Is that the identity you guys want to forge going forward? That every game you know the the opposition win lose or whatever is going to know that they played you guys and you played them hard. That's that's absolutely the the goal. Um, you know, I think that again, I'll point towards last year, and I really felt that we built an identity um, as far as how we check, how we defend, how we pressure, 
um, even how we attack for that matter, that, that, that we're an aggressive team and, uh, and we're sort of, we play a bit of an in your face style. And, and I, I think that at the end of the night, that leaves teams frustrated, that leaves teams, uh, sort of searching for answers and, uh, and chasing the game. And, and certainly that identity was on display this weekend, um, against Buffalo and, and now a three game set against Pittsburgh, it's going to be more important that we're able to bring it. Like I thought, I saw in, in the first game against Buffalo between the second and third period on the in the intermission report when I was doing the game, I said it was really important to come out in that third period, give Buffalo nothing, not only for them to feel good about getting maybe getting back in the game with a goal and feeling good about the third period, but to also take that into Sunday when you're playing them again. You guys suffocated them in the third period. Yeah, and and you're exactly right. You know, you you approach all these little mini series almost like mini playoff series and. And, and, you know, in a playoff series or in a, you know, what we're dealing with this year, that momentum plays a factor. There's no question. And, uh, and so they, they've had some guys that have been struggling a little bit. You don't want to give them any life. You know, you don't want to give them something to feel good about going into the next game. Um, and again, we're, we're still in the building process of our game. You know, we're, we're at, uh, still early in the shortened season, as far as, uh, again, not talking, not, not to beat up on it too much, but not having the exhibition games and, and not having the practice time like we've had in the past. We're still relatively new in the season here, so we're building our game, and, and you have to make sure that uh, you go and you have the right habits, regardless of the score, regardless of where you're playing or, or, or who you're playing against. Yeah, and you, you got to expect, you know, some of those games and hiccups are going to happen. One game that bothered me, though, Mike, was, was the one loss to Boston where they were on the power, you guys were up two, and they went on the power play three times late in that game and ultimately won it in overtime. Uh, that was a self-inflicted wound, but I'm sure that was a big teaching moment as well. Yeah, that, that was, I would say, the, the lone exception to, to a game that we found a way to lose as opposed to finding ways to win games. Um, and, you know, that, that's obviously playing against a team that, that in their own right, they've, they've done a very good job of finding ways to win hockey games. They're the best team in the league last year. Um, you know, that's... Uh, Certainly, it's a learning experience for us as part of the build. And and again, it's not it's not like you just snap your fingers and you get back to where you were last year. You know, you're going to have it's it's a slow climb, um, you know, but it's a steady climb to where you want to get to. But it's just not always straight uphill. Um, you're going to have some setbacks, and what's important is you learn from those ones. And and one thing about this group, one thing that they've done very well is uh, they've responded. Whether it's a tough game, uh, you know, even after tough periods, whatever the case is. Uh, I think that we're able to identify, you know, when we're getting off track, when we're getting away from our game, and we're able to get it back. With, with the limited amount of practice time that you guys get, uh, you, you really got to maximize that time. I know you guys spent a little time working on the penalty kill prior to the, the weekend series against Buffalo. Uh, how, how much of a hindrance is that with this lack of practice time to kind of dial in some of the details of the game from a coaching perspective? Well, for me as a penalty kill guy, that was a great opportunity, you know, Almost every day we work power play. Um, we have so many guys this year, especially with the with the guys that we had out and whatnot, who normally they'd be working penalty kill uh, while we're working the power play. But uh, but that wasn't the case for us. So it was a good opportunity for for guys that maybe play the power play and haven't had a whole lot of work on the PK uh, to get some practice time. The other part of that too was getting these bodies back. It's allowed us to have a little bit more consistency in the pairings that we've rolled out there. So I think the practice was really important, uh, but we're, we're going to have to use a lot of video. 
Um, you know, we're going to have to just make sure we take every opportunity, whether it's in-game teaching, in-practice teaching, um, just because there's going to be a, a very limited amount of time where you can spend that kind of quality time. You know, it's not very often we're going to have two, three days in between games here. So uh, certainly when we have a, a, any opportunity to, to to make sure that the focus and the habits are in the right place, then we have to take advantage of that. You guys, you get Sean Couturier back, and he's a guy that'll help out that PK as well. I, I thought it was astounding that you guys had the record you had, and he only played a game and, and essentially a shift or two. Uh, but he's back now, and he looks like his game is at peak performance. Um, what is he? You know, you can't put a player in the lineup that checks the boxes that he checks. There's just so many of them. You maybe need three players to check all of them. But his return, what has it meant for you guys? Well, like you said, it's 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 every aspect. It's uh, the first thing that it does and, and um, you know, like it's, it's kind of hard to describe it, but it, uh, it puts everybody else in a better position. And, and, and the reason for that is, you know, you put him on the ice now against the other top lines, he's drawing the top pairing defenseman and he's able to still go out there and score against those guys. But now everybody who was, you know, was up a slot playing, playing in those roles while he was out, well, now they've been shifted down a little bit. Now they're getting second pairing matchups. Um, you know, they have less responsibility on the defensive side of things. And, and so it just sort of puts everybody else in a better position. But um, his impacts in the game are all over the ice, whether it's face-offs, penalty killing, power play, five-on-five five offensively, five-on-five five defensively, and not to mention his leadership too. You know, he's a guy... I don't think it's a big coincidence that, you know, we're getting back to out, sh- out shooting teams, out chancing teams, uh, playing that suffocating style that we like to play since he's been back. Obviously his play impacts that, but it's his leadership, it's his, his example um, that the rest of the group follows along that, that, that has a huge impact as well. Yeah. There's a confidence knowing when he's there too, he can give you a real, a good shift to just calm a game down when you need it as well. Uh, let, let me ask you about Nolan Patrick, because, you know, he comes back after not playing for so long, Mike, it was, I don't even know how many days, but uh, you know, over well over a year, almost two. Uh, he came back in and he looks like he's got good energy. He's moving well. What, what do you want to guys want to see out of him a little bit more, maybe going into the middle a little more, you know, attacking and, and a little more aggression. What are you looking for out of Nolan Patrick? Well, I I would say a little bit more of what he's been doing the last two three games. I I think maybe not quite as much last game. Uh, I thought the game in Buffalo um, and the the game at home against the Rangers were by far the best that he's looked this year. Um, first off, he's playing with some skilled guys with Hazy, uh, with G, and at least in the last couple, and and um, and he was able to sort of take advantage of that and make some plays that that I don't think that we saw earlier in the year. It's going to take time. Uh, yeah. That's the thing, Jason. Like he has been out for so long, um, you know, especially for a young player uh, to find the timing, just to find the confidence, whatever the case is. It's going to take him some time. But what I've liked um, is I feel that there's been a different compete level to his game in the last three games, and uh, and it's amazing how that can impact. Uh, number one, how much you have the comp, you know, how, how much you have the puck. And number two, how much confidence you have when you have it. And I think we're starting to see a little bit more uh, playmaking ability, a little bit more confidence. He's trying some things. The play in Buffalo on Saturday, he goes between the legs and and, mm. and hits G for, for a one-timer. Those are things that I don't think we were seeing earlier in the year. So seeing a little bit more confidence in him and, and uh, certainly want him um, 
using that, using his skill level to create offense for us. But I think it always uh, it, it's always going to go back to the compete level and finding. I don't think it's not that that he wanted didn't want to compete. It's just remembering how hard you have to compete um, to be successful in this league. Using the word confidence, it's it's so apropos for the next guy I'm going to ask you about because it's brimming and it should be, and it's James Van Riemsdyk. Uh, Mike, he, you know, he's we've always known he's a guy with great hands, great ability to deflect pucks, redirect pucks in the air, be a great net front presence guy, and a scorer in this league. He's done it for a long time. Um, but it's not only the scoring this year where he's been sensational. He's been good in the neutral zone. He's been good in the defensive zone, right side of the puck, uh, playing well with some physicality. What have you seen out of JVR this season? If, I just say exactly what you just said. I mean, uh, right from day one, I would say he's, he's, you know, I don't want to say he's our most consistent player, but certainly he's he's in the topic of discussion of, of being one of those guys. Uh, all aspects of the game, he, he looks like he's a man on the mission. I think that even physically, um, it's been more noticeable this year, I would say. Uh, maybe maybe that's just me picking up on that or, or, or noticing it, but um, I feel like he's been finishing checks. He's been physical. He's been uh, creating turnovers on the four check. Uh, like you said, on the defensive side of things, playing very reliable, blocking shots when he needs to, but being in good position. Um, and uh, And obviously offensively, scoring goals different ways, you know, and not, like you said, not just on the power play. Uh, we all know how, how great his hands are and how smart he is and his ability to make those plays uh, and capitalize on, on, on opportunities. But um, he, yeah, he's, he's shown a playmaking side. Uh, he has he really, really uh, been a guy who has just taken his game uh, to a really, really high level and, and, and been a huge factor in why we've had a good start to this season. Yeah, and you can see the offseason work that he put in paying huge dividends. And it's a weird time when, you know, the, your, not only your offseason's at a different time of year, but just training might be a little bit different now, too. He's an open-minded guy. But the other guy that you can really notice really worked hard and got ready for the season, because to me he looks like he's four or five years older, is Joel Farabee. Last year he was a kid. Now all of a sudden he looks like a man, and he's playing like it. He had eight goals last year. He's got a, he put himself in great position last year to score goals, Mike, but this year he's finishing. What's the difference in his game year to year? It's a huge jump. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, he is so young still. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's so impressive about him is even last year is, you know, you look at right now, uh, I, we're using him as a top penalty killing guy. And so he's had this great start offensively. And quite often with young players, what happens is the focus, now you give him a little power play time and now other parts of their game might maybe starts to slip. He is he is a very, very mature player and uh and so all all parts of his game have been really strong um and and we were impressed with that last year and 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 again like you said he he he's just taken it to another level this year physically he came in stronger he uh he added some weight no question uh again i think it's just a little bit more of a sense of um okay you know i've been here for a year i I belong and now uh uh, i'm going to show that uh that i've got even a little bit more to give here and i think it's just sort of a bit of the uh, the progression of a young player here, a player in the NHL. It's not, it's not a straight road to, to get to that. There is peaks and valleys and you eliminate the valleys and you live in the peaks a lot more, uh, you know, from a mental perspective for Carter Hart, he, he's a strong mental player. Is that going to be the thing that kind of leads him through this season and these peaks and valleys? Well, I, I, I actually, uh, 
I'm going to pat myself on the back here, but I don't think that it was any surprise to Kim uh, Dillenbach, our goalie coach. She does such a great job with Carter. But mm-hmm. yesterday we were sitting in the um, coach's office before the game, and I just said, I know that Carter's going to have a great game today. I know that the next thing you know, he goes out and pitches a shutout. Because <laughs> one thing that he did last year is he, he just, he, if there was a tough night, or uh, he, he always found a way to respond. And, uh, and to me, that's huge confidence. So, yeah, there's been some peaks and valleys, and uh, there's, you know, obviously – not uh, necessarily the start that he'd want to have. He's, he's also helped us to have a good start to the season. And there's a lot of games where we wouldn't have got points or wins without him and the way that he played. Um, it just seems that uh, maybe this year, you know, uh, the, the difference between the good and the bad has maybe been a little bit different at different times, but I have, I have zero doubt that, that he is going to bring that consistency that, that he brought all year long for us. Uh, again, it's just part of the mature maturation process and development of a young, young goalie and, and different times, not having, uh, and again, it's not an excuse for any of us, uh, but not having the training camp is just a very, very different circumstance, um, for a young goalie. And, and he's been learning to deal with it, but, um, great confidence booster for him his last game, getting that shutout, thought he played extremely well. And uh, I think we should just look forward to him continuing to find his game and, and play at the level that, that we all know that he can. Yeah, no doubt. And a goaltender that really relies on the foundation of his skill set and technical and positional elements just to get back with Kim and maybe work and dial some of those things back in is just what the doctor ordered. You're going to get Travis Konechny back. He has cleared COVID protocol. He's going to join you guys in Pittsburgh. Uh, getting him back in the lineup uh, is going to be another weapon for you guys. Somebody's going to have to come out. Um, if you want to tell me who that is, I'd love for you to, but I don't know that you will. Uh, but getting TK back and having the full group at this point in the season for this this allotment of games is, is huge for you guys. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to take this opportunity to dodge that question or, or, or hint at a question. Don't pull I'll a muscle doing one. it. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that one up to AV. Uh, but obviously TK, uh, you know, there's no doubt that uh, up until March when the season ended last year, um, you'd have to argue he was our best forward right up there, obviously with Coots, but um, just had an outstanding season going on. Um, and so this year has been a bit of a rocky start for him up and down a little bit. I think it's going to be a good reset for him. Um, obviously, you don't want anybody to get COVID, uh, but sometimes you look at the uh, the way that some of our players have come back, you just sort of, you're, you're going, uh, all of a sudden you're, you're doing nothing and then you go into a full sprint and you take a little bit of a breather and you come back and then you're sort of in a better place. I think that a lot of those guys that got reinserted back in our lineup that were on the COVID list um, have shown that. So TK for me is one of those guys. I'm expecting him to come back and, and uh, he is such an important player for us. He, he, he's one of our more dynamic players. Uh, one of our, um, our fastest players, obviously, is in, able to create things both off the rush and the offensive zone. Uh, one of our shooters, and just one of our real energy guys. You know, we've talked about a lot. Obviously, it's a different game when we don't have fans. I, we're going to start getting fans back here. And for me, TK is one of those guys. Doesn't matter if it's at home or on the road. He feeds off that energy. I think it elevates his play. And uh, and I look forward to him getting back in the lineup and and him. Um, I think he's just going to take his game to another level here. Yeah, I think you're going to see fans uh, for these three games that you're in Pittsburgh. Uh, I've never seen the Flyers. I don't think they ever have played the the same opponent on the road in their building. Um, Last thing for you, Mike, uh, three with Pittsburgh this week, all three straight in Pittsburgh. They're playing a little bit better hockey of late since they made their change at the general manager and uh, president position with Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. 
playing a team three straight times, what kind of challenges does, you know, that guy kind of present for you guys? Well, I, I, like not to be cliche here, but but I will be for a second. It's it's about the first game. I think that's the big, most important one right now. Set the tone. Um, right? Yeah, like you know, I I I think that we have to kind of approach this like a three game playoff series, and obviously in a three game series, that first game is huge. So these games are on the road. Uh, they've got last change. Uh, you know that, like you said, we're expecting that they might have fans in the building, so they're going to have a extra a huge energy boost off of that. Um, I don't care if it's 1500, when you put 1500 people in our building or whatever the case is, um, and our players, and we have a chance to play in front of our crowd, our, we're going to be so jacked up. We can't wait for that. Um, so they're going to have that. So it's going to be a good challenge. They've obviously got a great team, but you know what? We've got a good team too. And, uh, and we've talked a lot about what good teams do. Well, good teams win big games. And, uh, and for me, that's tomorrow's game. So we've got to find a way to get it done. Well, when you get rolling and, and you're playing well, you want to play a game every day. And you guys are going to just about do that right now. <laughs> so it's a, what a crazy stretch. 19 and 33 days and six and nine days. Unreal. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's, it's unique. I, I can tell you I've been, been in the league quite a while here, but I haven't, uh, I haven't dealt with a, with a schedule like that. But, uh, you know, obviously the, I think the, the, the most important thing here is that we just uh, – you know, just stay in the moment. Um, obviously, we can't be looking forward. We can't be looking behind us. It's going to be a busy schedule, and, and uh, we're just going to find a way to prepare and, and play at our best night after night. No doubt. And we're going to learn a ton over these next four and a half weeks or so. Hey, Mike, thanks for doing this. I know you're in Pittsburgh. Rest up. Uh, not that you can go out on the town and really do a whole heck of a lot, but thanks for doing this, and we'll talk soon. Okay, sounds good, Jason. Thanks. Always love to talk to Mike Yo here on Flyers Daily. Um, such a good guy at articulating the game. And gives you great information. Guy's been a head coach, been in the game a long time, assistant coach now on this Elaine Vigneault-led staff. And uh, we appreciate Mike joining us and always giving us our time and a lot of it here on Flyers Daily. Game tonight, it is the Flyers and the Penguins, the first of three in Pittsburgh. It kicks off the month of March. So everybody, enjoy your hockey tonight, and we'll talk to you on a breakdown episode tomorrow on Flyers Daily. Take yours too!